Welcome to a new episode of The Brand Called You. Today I have a young millennial who has achieved a lot in his very, very short working life. Jayant Jha, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashtosh. Thanks for having me here. Thank you. Thank you. Jayant is a BCom from Delhi University. He's worked for Wipro, Quattro, Lemon Learn e-services, and he is the co-founder of Yantra. Jayant, tell us a little bit about your uh, early life and uh, some of your learnings and your challenges. Sure. So, uh, just to start with my uh, educational background, so my dad uh, was in armed forces. So, I uh, went to Sanic School, Riva. So, I did my schooling from there. So, just I'll say a, a line about Sanic School. Sanic School is, uh, Sanic Schools are like they were formed in 1962 by Jawaharlal Nehru for the sole purpose of sending people to the armed forces. Correct. So, my aspiration, I grew up in an environment where I wanted to join the armed forces. You know, that was the... Uh, Entho while I, I grew up and uh, being up uh, since I went to Sanic school, uh, school, uh, I mean, our teachers used to say that, you know, we uh, focus on overall development of students. It's not only the education that we focus it. So we didn't realize that when we were in the school, but when we went out, when we came out of the school, we realized that they would absolutely do. So I did my schooling from Sanic school, then came to Delhi, uh, did my BCom. Just after the BCom, I started working with Wipro. Spent a year with Pipro, then moved to Quattro Global Services. Quattro, I was there for quite some time, almost like three years. And then uh, went uh, out and start, uh, joined a startup called uh, Lemon Lot. Mm-hmm. The brand was eTechies.in. So eTechies wanted to manage the IT services. So spent good three years with them. So eTechies was a great learning experience because uh, uh, there I got an opportunity to lead a large team at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So I joined them uh, when I was barely 21. Uh, so I joined them into like three, four member team and then uh, w- grew with the company. So when I left them almost like was heading the entire after sales services wow. and their enterprise business, which were largely spread across uh, 10 cities in the country. So then uh, uh, one fine day uh, idea came in and uh, started working on it, loved that idea. So quitted my job and went out with two of my colleagues to start this company. So, you know, that's an amazing journey, you know. You covered a lot of bandwidth in a very, very few years. And it's interesting to know that, you know, your dad was in the armed forces. My dad was also in the armed forces. Well, so that's I'm always delighted to meet, uh, as they're called, army brats. Right, so, right. Pleasure to meet you again. Likewise. So, uh, Jayant, uh, you know, let's talk of Yantra. Is it Yantra or Yantra? It's Yantra. Yantra. But spread with a double A. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, tell me a little bit about Yantra. What was behind you're forming this company. So see, uh, I, uh, my memory goes back to 2012. You know, uh, 2012 was in time when uh, everybody had phones, but it was about Nokia's and Blackberries. I too had a Blackberry. You know, one fine day it stopped working and uh, I was trying to get it fixed. So first of all, the first thing was to find out a service center because that's what generally people do. So I went to the service center for Blackberry. Uh, then uh, they told me that, you know what, it's going to take three, four weeks to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. So I got very agitated that, you know, three, four weeks, I can't be with my phone. It was a business phone. So I realized that, you know, I can't give my phone away. So then somebody said that, you know, why don't you go to the local market? So I went there. In every store that I went to, I was not very confident of giving the phones yeah. uh, to get it repaired. Mm-hmm. So the experience was not up to the mark, right? So then I started thinking that, you know, uh, India is such a big market. Uh, everybody has a phone. It's so, so much of important to us. Why, how, is that, how is it possible that, you know, after sales service is not at all given any attention? Mm-hmm. 
then uh, i started putting the dots together and realized that uh, there is an opportunity here to bridge in the gap and create a real, real business so uh, i started discussing this idea with two of my colleagues ankit and anmol and uh, were my co-founders today mm-hmm. then we stepped out and started this company so when we started the company uh, the idea was to focus on giving the best possible service experience to consumers when it comes to their smartphones so uh, we started with this model of picking up smartphones uh, uh, then we created a repair center where we would repair it and give it back mm-hmm. what we actually took care of was convenience so you don't have to step out of your home to get your phones fixed we took care of peace of mind so data is secure uh, we will put the genuine components and we'll give you warranty after repairs mm-hmm. so that was the business model we bootstrapped it uh, almost for one and a half years so uh, we ran the company on our own money uh, it was like after one and a half years we raised our first round of investment we started with little capital but we were pretty lucky that we were able to break even within the first six months wonderful so that's how the company started and what was uh, gadget wood so the name of the company is gadget wood e-services private limited okay so when we started the brand name was also gadget wood i see in 2016 we actually changed the brand name from gadget, gadget wood to yantra the company oh. name remained the same so the only reason being is uh, Uh, we we had a lot of customers coming to us with a lot of confusion. So let's say that there's a there's a store with the name Gadget Point or Gadget Store. So there's a lot of confusion happening. So we realized that uh, to create a brand, we need some uniqueness. And then uh, one of our uh, board member came out with this name Kalyan. Kalyan typically means machine. Yeah. So we realized that pretty uh, pretty fits into what we are doing. And then we kind of adopted that okay. name. So you know one of the challenges that I have always faced when I want to get any of my phones or tablets uh, repaired is that uh, the service center never keeps to their commitment right if they say they would deliver the phone back to me at the end of the day mm-hmm. you go back at the end of the day it's not delivered it's not ready yeah or you know it's two days it's not ready and they always have an excuse right right and as a consumer once i have given my device there's nothing i can do <laughs> absolutely right? mm-hmm. so tell me what have been some of your learnings sitting on the other side to so see uh, uh, uh what we have what we started and what we have achieved you know i would like to kind of give you a little bit of glimpse of that yeah. so when we started obviously we knew that turnaround time is a very important factor because this was one of the problem that i faced you know while i was getting my phone fixed because i was asked to give it away for 4 weeks so uh what i did was when uh when we started we started with a very sla driven service model so today uh, uh when we started uh Uh, how we how we started was that we would respond within 2 hours we would pick it up repair it deliver it back within 48 to 72 hours how we have evolved the business today is that what we do let's start if you have a broken screen then we will come to your place and fix it then and there okay so what's yantra's approach is that look we're trying to figure out that how can we make the repair process as simple as possible mm-hmm. and as convenient as possible so today what we do is a part of repair we do it on site mm-hmm. so let's say you don't have to even give your phone and there are things that cannot be repaired there we take it to the service center where we repair it give it back but i'll tell you see there are a lot of challenges as well in the business for example it's a you know sourcing components is one of the one of biggest the biggest challenge, challenge. Mm-hmm. and secondly uh, if you look at the smartphone so for instance let's say smartphones if you look at the, all the brands which are operating in the country even if you pick up the top 5 top techs who actually have 95 96% mm-hmm. of the market share you will find that there are almost like 400 skus mm-hmm. into it so it's not that you know you only have uh, four different skus for which you, you can maintain a spare part inventory etc mm-hmm. so most of the companies or most of the vendors or let's say the stores that you go to they would actually not have spare parts
products mm. so they would try to source it etc and that kind of you know leads to a lot of lot of delays correct so how we are trying to fix it is as i said that they, so we have simplified the in in our backend what mm. we have done is we have actually taken repair as a kind of a list where we figure out that look these many excuse these many problems we will fix it on site and we have different sls for different different okay. problems and for any issue if we are not confident of delivering it in a particular time we would rather convey it to the consumers mm-hmm. upfront before you know we would not put them in a situation where we we wrongly commit from that so tell me you know you are in the b2c space right and um, handling retail customers is always tough absolutely how have you faced uh, some challenges with uh, irate customers screaming shouting so i think see that's that's like you know goes hand in hand mm. because you know we do approximately 500 repairs every day so 500 customers coming to us across uh, all our you know all within the six cities we operate mm. so obviously customers don't come to us we go to them so mm. of course uh, see there are times you know when uh, hiccups happens there are times uh, when uh, the customer's expectation is something very different than what you are expecting right so see what we have realized is uh, and you know while we have a, a traveled a seven year journey we have never left a customer dissatisfied that's the thesis that we follow so at times like you know if, if people are unrealistic we still say that fine let's do whatever possible we can do it for the consumers secondly uh, when we pick up a repair job we also ensure that we are as transparent as possible so for instance if i tell you that you know the cost of repair is going to be 2000 rupees then it is 2000 rupees and if we realize in the process that you know it is exceeding we don't bother the customer much on that we would rather take that hit so with well, how we have the process is drawn up is, is as transparent as possible for the consumers and in the process if something happens we live by our commitment so we try to kind of you know help the customers at the same time you know the team also understand that look the product that we are dealing with is very dear to the consumer yeah. it's an extension you know so it's not just only a product so that way there are emo- emotional attachments at times there are valuable data inside it so we are pretty conscious of all these facts mm-hmm. and we while we work we ensure that you know these things are understood and they are taken care by it and if there if there are times when something goes here and there we ensure that you know we deliver it whatever best we can very very interesting so you know uh, jain if you look at the phone market right there must be a on an average uh, a phone coming out every week okay yeah. maybe maybe yeah you know but I mean, reading somewhere 40 50 new launches happen correct numbers could be much higher sure 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 um with 40 50 with so many phones coming and you spoke about uh, skus and wanting to make sure uh, your customer is satisfied because you don't want so how do you handle inventory uh, of so many different devices because my cast you're not saying that i only top uh, handle the top 5 devices right right what what are your challenges in handling so much as uh, inventory as queues so see uh, how we look at this now there there are 7 years of experience you know if you have if you would have met like 5 years before then my challenges were at a very different right. level so today uh, i mean yantra collectively processes some 50 55000 phones 15000 phones on the repair side and then approximately around 40 45000 we also sell products okay so there's a huge number of products that we are processing at any point of time you know and then we also work with a lot of insurtech companies oems etc so now there's a lot of data that we have that we process mm-hmm. so our team uh, our teams work on a, a forecasting model so mm-hmm. how we how we look at it let's say that these are the four five uh, leading brands then we look at the primary sales mm-hmm. that let's that if this is the sku which is being sold at what 
how many SKUs have been sold in the market. And then we do back calculate and see that, you know, these many customers might call us for the problem. And based on that, we maintain some inventory. There are some, some components that we would maintain. There are some components with that we source real time. So for example, let's say while you are calling for a problem and if you would if you don't have the component, the moment a request is raised and the guy is coming to pick up your phone or, you know, do it on-site repair, our component sourcing network gets alert that, you know, this is the component that we need and the real-time sourcing yeah. gets initiated. Yes. So there's a lot of work we have done in this area. And now today we have the uh, our supply chain uh, network is within the country, outside the country as well. Mm. So we kind of do continuously are doing real-time sourcing and there are internal tools that we use to kind of do the forecasting, ensure that the components are in place so that we are able to live by our promises. So, you know, you are a customer service company. What goes into training the large number of people you have to offer the best possible customer service? So that's another poor experience that customers have. Right. Because your face is the individual across the counter. Absolutely. So see, uh, we have something called NPS that we track net promoter score and I am very happy and proud to say that our NPS is globally the best when it comes to smartphone repair companies. We currently are at around 65-70% of NPS scores. So uh, when we started this, uh, uh, we were very clear that look, if something is going to take us forward, it is the customer experience that we deliver. And uh, uh, one of the important factors that we track is referral rates. So today we 25% of our business on the repair side comes through referrals. I see. So these are the two important factors the companies track in day in and day out. So how we look at doing is our training teams looks at all the touch points that we have consumers. Mm -hmm. So from the first time that when you're calling us or when you go to the website or when you uh, uh, book up a repair request online. So we look at all the touch points. So there are different SLAs that every team has. So for instance, the customer service contact center team has a SLA of two minutes. So if you are logging on to yantra.com for a service request, you will get a call within two minutes. So that's how it operates at every level. So logistics team, uh, when they are coming to you for repair, they have a repair turnaround time of 30 minutes. If somebody comes at your door to do your phone repair, then he will change your screen or whatever is needed mm-hmm. in 30 minutes and close it. Wow. Similarly, uh, uh, if uh, what is the time taken from, from the time you uh, raise a request to the time the guy reaches your doorstep. So all those SLS are being very, very, very uh, aggressively managed by all the teams mm-hmm. within the company. At the same time, what we also look at very aggressively is that uh, the costing part. So let's say that it shouldn't be the case that you're paying very heavily for repair because the uh, people who would come to repair are value con- value seeking consumers. So it won't be the case that on a ten thousand rupee phone you're spending eight thousand for repair. So we're also very conscious of that that point mm-hmm. that you know the cost that people pay. It should be affordable. Yeah. So all those things we put into the consideration mm-hmm. and then there are soft skill trainings that we do that, you know, how, how one should communicate with the customers, etc. So I think that helps us uh, manage the overall experience well. Interesting. So Jen, let me move to the second part of our right. uh, program, which is uh, to get your advice for as a startup. You know, Yantra has been a very successful startup. You said within six months, you broke even. Right. And uh, obviously, you're you know you've raised money in a year and a half, and now you're well on the path. And I wish you lots of success. Thank you. But you know, the first question is that you have you said you have two co-founders. Um, there are multiple views. Should we have co-founders or should we go solo? What are your thoughts on? 
So I, I don't think uh, going solo is a great idea because see uh, when you are when you are starting up something, see one thing that you have to define is that you know what exactly you are trying to build, you know, and it also depends on nature of the business companies, etc., etc. But see, when you're trying to build an enterprise, you know, which is going to be as large as let's say today we employ one thousand people, wow. it's practically very difficult for you to do everything on your own. So, uh, uh, and, and see, when you're building something, everybody starts building something with a vision that you know it is going to grow. It will not be a boutique boutique shop, right? If it's a boutique shop, then it's a different story. So, uh, uh, in my view, see, had it been it, it was just me, it would have been extremely difficult for me. I we are three co-founders. Uh, apart from me, there are two more guys. I mean, and we have very clear focused areas. So for example, let's say one of our co-founders is a CFO, so he looks at finance very well because he, in a day, we do approximately three thousand transactions, mm -hmm. right? Uh, other co-founder is a CTO, so the entire technical repair centers, the technology that we use. How the front end, the back end system should communicate. How easier it is for consumers to kind of uh, interact with Yantra. Then our repair experience. So then our supply chain component, which was a very difficult part or not to crack since we started. So had it been just me, it would have taken a lot more time mm -hmm. to reach where we are today. Since we were three co-founders, we had very clear differentiated areas to focus upon, and everybody did their Wonderful. best job. Right. So I, I think uh, my advice would be that I mean, uh, though I, I still feel that Yantra is in the very early stage, and I may not be the right person mm -hmm. to advise, but I can tell you from my experience that multiple co-founders is always Wonderful. a blessing. Wonderful. So it's never a problem. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. And you know, you are a young startup. You must have seen so many friends doing startups. What are some of the kind of mistakes a lot of startups make? See, I think see everybody makes mistake. You know, it's not possible that you won't make mistake because see, what we were trying, what we did in started in two thousand twelve thirteen, was something that never existed, right? Uh, obviously, uh, the repair shops existed, but the way we were approaching the business never existed. So obviously, there are a lot of mistakes that people make. I think one thing which is very important is that you have to do the course correction very quickly. If you don't do the course correction quickly, then it is definitely going to be a problem because see, every initiative costs. The biggest problem is that you always we have limited resources. It's not going to be the case that you know uh, you have a lot of resources and you will continue to make mistakes. And because see, if the moment you start doing something, it start exhausting your resources. Uh, beat people, beat capital, beat anything. And see, since we have limited time, you know, it's not that it's opportunities are endless or the resources are endless. So you will have to be very conscious about where you are putting your capital, where you are deploying your people. Because if you are deploying your people or capital or anything into the wrong direction, that's which is not progressing. Mm. It definitely calls for an alarm. Mm. So how what we have done at Yantra since day one is everything that we do, we have a mechanism of a weekly or a monthly review, and where we track progress. If if something is not progressing, then everybody gets yeah. onto it. Yeah. We put our heart and soul into it and see that progresses. And if we realize that it is not working out, mm -hmm. either we do a course correction in approach or we quit that. Because if we don't do it, then it's really a problem. And uh, uh, I mean, I think that's a very important area. And people who are focusing on it, they'll find out a solution to that. So, you know, again, you mentioned that in a short time, you're now in seven cities. We're in 10 cities. 10 now. cities, yeah. So, you know, for a lot of the people who will be watching your uh, discussion with me, um, you know, the biggest challenge an entrepreneur faces is scaling up. Right. What were some of uh, the things you took into consideration before you started expanding? 
So see, uh, if you look at Yantra for good three years, we were only in Delhi and CR. So, uh, and our model is like uh, every city has to break even uh, in a certain period of time, then only it makes sense because it is kind of a hub and spoke model. Everywhere we go, we have to create a repair center. It's not a technology platform that we have created once and it can go pan India at, at one, I mean, uh, within a day. So how we looked at it is, first of all, we started operating in Delhi. Second was uh, we looked at every aspect of the business and we drew metrics for it. So for example, let's say how many repairs we need to perform in a city to get to a break-even level. Secondly, uh, let's say that if we are going to set up a shop into different city, how is the supply chain network going to be? Yeah. Because end of the day, we have certain promises to make. It cannot be the case that Yantra promises two hours repair in Delhi and ten hours repairs in mm -hmm. Bangalore. So, are we, are we, do we, do we, uh, whether it will be possible for us to deliver the similar experience? So, when we draw our template, uh, we looked at all this aspect and then we st started, you know, kind of uh, working backwards and see that whether it is possible to deliver something of this sort or not. Uh, or let's say that, you know, uh, uh, what is some, what is that additionally we will have to create to do it. So, for example, so, let's say that, you know, India, uh, if you look at uh, the large cities in India, there are different sort of challenges. For example, if you go to Mumbai, the logistic is a real nightmare Correct. to crack. For example, it's that you go to Bangalore, uh, your travel times are going to be so squeezed. Uh, uh, I mean, you probably like, you know, if you have an appointment in the evening, you might want to factor additional time. So all those things that we built in the algorithm and then when we real, so we did some dry pilots to see that, you know, how it is going to work out, etc. And when we realized that uh, now we are ready to deliver, mm -hmm. then only we went kind of, you know, full throttle into those cities. So that was one of the, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I would say that scaling up is really difficult. Uh, and that's where when you don't factor all this time, you know, all these factors into your planning, uh, you really go wrong. And even if you, no matter how much uh, planning you do, you will also face, you know, on ground challenges, Correct. but you need to have somebody who can look into it on a day to day basis mm -hmm. and then fix it. So these are some of the things that we actually mm -hmm. did while we were scaling very it up. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, uh, Jayant, you know, uh, the third part of our, our program is asking you a few personal questions. Sure. Um, you know, you're very young. You started seven years ago, uh, which means you must have been barely 21, 22 when you were thinking about this. At yeah, 23, yeah. you got going. Um, have you had any um, mentors in life? And if yes, what kind of advice have you received from them? So uh, very early when we start, when we started the company, uh, one of the early investors that we had was Ashwin, Ashwin Chatta. And then uh, on the other hand, we had Ajay Chaudhary, one of the founders of HCL. So Ashwin uh, and Ajay uh, they are really very good mentors because uh, when we started, you know, I still remember the first time when we uh, when we met uh, when we met Ashwin. So you know, we start we were operating out of a garage in West Delhi. That garage still exists. So every day I cross when I am going to office, I see the first office mm -hmm. right there. So that kind of uh, pushes back the memory of. Well, the Apple year. also started out of a garage. So <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'll tell you an experience, you know, when Ashwin stepped in for the first time in the office, the electricity went off okay. and there was no power back. So we had to step out and uh, do the meeting outside. So those days we still cherish and, you know, Ashwin has been a real good helper. So, uh, uh, so see, what I believe is that uh, what I actually was looking for for my mentors, which happened in phases. So initially it was Ashwin, Ashwin sir and then Ajay sir and then now we have uh, Vinod Sony who is a uh, was one of the uh, uh, ex-CEOs of Reliance, uh, Reliance uh, Communication and then he was a part of Bharti Atel for a very long time. So he is a hands-on ops guy. So see, uh, from the mentors, what, what, what actually helped me was that 
whenever whenever we are in trouble we kind of you know call them or we're looking for an advice they would always give an outsider's view and it was it's not necessarily that the views are coming to please you at times you know they'll be very straightforward until that look this is absolutely bullshit right so when you hear those things first thing is that to accept it right so that somebody is saying that you know you are wrong mm-hmm. uh, this is something which is not going to work out then the first thing is to accept it go back to the table go back to the drawing board and analyze it that you know what is so wrong about it and then kind of you know rediscuss with people and kind of you know implement that so see what happens is uh, one of the i mean the reason why they play a very critical or important role is because see there are things which you are very sure of which you will anyways do and there are things where you are not very sure of or you are less that uh, 50 50 50% you are thinking that you know it's definitely going to work etc etc and 50% time where mm-hmm. you actually need somebody else to tell you that you know you are right or wrong mm-hmm. i think that's an area where uh, uh, people play an important role people with experience mm-hmm. play an important role and when i started uh, I mean, not only me, the entire team was very young because my co-founders were also like you know one of them was twenty-four, I was twenty-three, two of them were both of them were like twenty-four. So we were a very young team. So uh, obviously uh, we had a lot of energy and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. We knew that you know if we are determined to do it, we will deliver. Correct. We will do things. That's not a problem. Correct. But uh, uh, we always, uh, uh, for example, you know one of the uh, instances that I remember is when we were trying to set up office in Bangalore, and we put up a proposal uh, in front of the. board uh, very early which was like ashwin and ajay etc so people said that look you know what if this is the time when you are going to go you will fall short of capital and you would not have the capital to kind of uh, you know scale it up very rapidly in the city and then the response that you are expecting won't come so then we kind of uh, we delayed the launch by a couple of months so i think those are the areas uh, where people actually yeah. come in with insights and tell you that this is what is factually correct so i think uh, that's where they play a very important role So, uh, what would be three uh, adjectives that would define you? See, uh, I mean, uh, 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 one thing uh, uh, I'm very determined uh, and uh, very focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say uh, I, I also work very hard. I mean, uh, uh, well, well, people continue to say that uh, smart working is something that you should do. Mm-hmm. But what I believe is that uh, till the time you're not working hard. Working hard, you cannot be a smart worker as well because it takes a lot of effort to uh, actually find out the right direction. And when you find the direction, you can actually, you know, start working smart and then you know increase your pace. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we do. Uh, 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 so when I uh, still remember all the th- three of us, we still work seven days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, from since the day we started. So yeah, th- that's what it is. Interesting. Yeah. So I've got a couple more questions for sure. you. Um, My next question is: What would be your biggest learning from some of the mistakes or some of the errors you may have made? So, see, uh, uh, I mean, one of the uh, some of the errors that I have made and what the takeaway was that look at times uh, uh, you actually need to uh, step back and take an outsider's view, or you know, you yourself need to imagine uh, mm-hmm. that you know how this or whatever you are doing is going to impact people, not. Secondly, uh, most of the time, you know, when we when we are building a product or a service, we tend to think that it is for us. Mm-hmm. But see, what you need to understand is that you are going to actually cater to a large bunch of consumers, right? And how are they going to react mm-hmm. to it? So I think that's where uh, 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 you know uh, what what we real what, what my personal learning is that whenever you are creating a product or service, mm-hmm. you need to factor in everything else. You should I mean one should not consider that it is for a very selective course or maybe put your consideration on it that it, this is what I like. 
so that i like thing doesn't work a lot so it has to be that you know everybody else likes it you know whatever you are creating so for example it's that uh, if if i have a pre- pre- preference for a black coffee doesn't mean 10 people sitting here in the room would love black coffee it, yeah. right so uh, so while you're making something for masses you should have a consideration for masses i think that has been one of a great experience and uh, and, and it the good thing was that i got to learn all the thing in the very early so mm-hmm. I'll, i'll give you an example you know so in 2014 the smartphone insurance business was picking it up very aggressively mm-hmm. since we were into this space we were very tempted to do that business so i was after my team after my co-founders that you know we should do this we should do this we should do this etc but what we uh, what what we the moment we were kind of you know we started putting in resources started putting in a lot of effort to build a product mm-hmm. around it we realized that there are two good big guys uh, uh, already in the market and they have been like you know they have raised uh, th- hundreds of crores right so it was very difficult to fight those guys mm-hmm. out there so uh, then we had to back off so though we realized that uh, uh, the opportunity is very interesting but the resources to deploy and build a business into that space will be something mm-hmm. that we were not ready for yeah. So I think uh, those things happened very early in the business, and now uh, uh, we have a comprehensive view and approaches like built accordingly, and yeah. then we kind of you know. Jayant, thank you very much. Chatting thank with you has been an absolutely incredible learning for me, and um, I'm sure everybody who's going to watch this will marvel at what an amazing business you are creating. Thank you. Wish you lots of success. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank, thank you. you. for listening to the brand called you podcast be sure to visit tbcy.in to join the conversation access show notes and discover fantastic bonus content you can follow us on youtube twitter facebook and instagram simply search for the brand called you thank you and see you next week